So we have a special guest today. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I love it if you get Christy laughing like this too. I'm trying to be quiet. We're five seconds into the 30 seconds Season two of the Dare to Believe podcast. Hey, Rebecca. Hey, Christy. Are you excited about season two? I'm very excited about season two. We've got a lot of great guests for our listeners and interviews full of revelation, awesome stories and testimonies that will encourage and inspire you, our listener, for the more of God. So we want you to dare to believe. Well, I'm here with Christy Grainer. Hi, Christy. Hi, Rebecca. <laughs> and you have an exciting announcement for us. I love that we have Emerge Transformation School coming up fall of 2019. Tell me a little bit about what Emerge Transformation School is. It's a nine-month school created for the working adult who wants to know more of the Lord and wants to learn to walk in the supernatural, to hear God's voice, to pray for healing. We literally teach people how to do that and stay biblically based at the same time. We meet every Monday night except for holidays from mid-September through early June. And what's really cool about Emerge is that we have satellite schools. So if you're not here in the Burnsville area, we can live stream to you. You can have a school in your location. All you need is someone to lead it and some students, and we, we will bring the school to you. Yeah, so it basically, if you're hungry for more of God, there is more. There Amen. absolutely is more. And this is just one of the ways that you can go after it. So if you're interested in hearing more about Emerge Transformation School, please go to our website, dare2believe.info, and click on the link. We'd love to have you there. Hi, Rebecca. Hey, Christy. I can't wait to talk about the testimony we had this week from our podcast, our last podcast. I can't wait to hear it again. Yeah, it's just always fun to hear what Jesus is up to. But last time we did a podcast, we were interpreting some dreams. And uh, we had a dream we interpreted that had something to do with jaw pain. It was it was my dream. Oh, it, it was your dream. <laughs> okay. My dream. And it had something to do with jaw pain. Yeah, I remember that. In, in my dream, I got a word of knowledge for jaw pain. And so I just stopped and we prayed in that episode for whoever was listening. I felt like the Lord wanted to heal jaw pain. And... Yeah, we didn't, you know, you do that in faith. You don't really know where it's going to go. But Yeah, but that was really cool. I mean, we were just interpreting a dream, and, and as you had that inspiration about jaw pain, you just prayed for anybody that might be listening to this that had jaw pain. And so then last week, we got a text from a friend of ours who has been part of our ministry for many years and lives now about four hours away, and she was driving and listening to the podcast and heard that and thought, I'm going to take that for myself because she had had an impacted wisdom tooth that had been bothering her for quite a while. And she hadn't gone to the doctor to get it removed, the dentist to get it removed because she didn't have the funds to remove it. And, but it was really bothering her. So when Rebecca prayed that, she said, I'm taking that for myself, right? Yes. <laughs> you add whatever you want to add, or I'm just going to tell no, the you're story. Doing a great I job. Love you're doing a great job. And so she did, and she felt she was driving along and she felt like, well, that feels better. You know, oh, that feels better. That's pretty cool. And so then she started to kind of poke around at her cheek and nothing hurt. And then 
think she pulled over at that point. I'm not yeah. sure what point she pulled over, but thank goodness she did, right? <laughs> and so she started to poke around inside her mouth and realized it's not sore at all. And then she looked in the mirror and she was looking and it had been poking through the gum line and the tooth was not there. So not only did Jesus <laughs> take away the pain, he removed the tooth so she doesn't have to go in to get her tooth extracted and she doesn't have to pay a bill. So our God is faithful and good and he's just cool. Amen. I love what he does. That's so fun. I love that testimony. Yeah. That's so fun when you take a risk. You're, you know, I didn't really know what the Lord would do. I just felt this little... Just this, this thought that came to me, like, well, this is a really random thought, so it's probably the Lord. Kind of a prompting, you think? Yeah, or? a prompting's a good word. But it's it's some people think that I must hear really clearly or that it's a super loud thing, but it's not. It's just a thought that I recognize isn't in my normal thinking pattern. And if it's in alignment with the kingdom, which healing is, I assume it's the Lord, so I step out in faith. And more often than not, I've seen incredible things happen so this is a really fun one like this is a really the fun pain one. was gone but also the tooth i don't know where it went but <laughs> yeah and you know we, it was in a podcast so it isn't even live it's just recording so the lord can work with whatever he will work with he doesn't need us we just step out with as much as That's we right. know and we are faithful with as much as we know to do and he he pulls teeth he heals teeth i mean <laughs> yeah. it's awesome that's yeah. so good yeah Love so we're it. here today to talk about ways that people have, we love it in our podcast, how people believe God, dared to believe God. And so our friend Alyssa Gamelgard is here with us today. Hi, Happy Alyssa. Happy to be here. Hey, Alyssa. Yeah. Hey. Thanks for joining <laughs> us. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Yeah. And we're so glad to have Alyssa here. Uh, she's got a really cool testimony. And we know Alyssa from coming through our ministry school a few years ago, but your testimony started way before that. Mm-hmm. And... Um, but why don't you tell people what you do now, and then we'll tell them how you got there. Okay. So now I own a video business, and I serve ministries, nonprofits, um, um, small businesses, and I create videos to help them expand their influence. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun. And you're quite a gifted artist in lots of ways, but video is one of them. You just have a creative eye, a very unique creative eye. Thanks, Christy. It's beautiful. And so how did you end up coming to the ministry school? Tell us how you decided to do that. Yeah, I was moving back to the cities, and I had actually wanted to go out to Bethel for a while, but um, knew that I was supposed to stay in the Twin Cities area. So I found out about Dare to Believe, found out they had a supernatural school of ministry, and that was an easy decision for me. Signed (laughs) up, and it was an incredible experience. Cool. That's great. Cool. And your walk with God began way before that how did did you how did you get to know the lord oh wow we're starting way back i would say i gave my life to the lord when i was in eighth grade um, at a bible camp and from there on out i just was hungry um i would say i met holy spirit when i was a sophomore in college and how did that happen talk about that one a little bit. <laughs> Actually, it was because a whole bunch of families from Hosanna Lutheran Church came down to the camp I was working at. What camp and was that? Okoboji Lutheran Bible Camp. Seriously? Yeah. I worked at Okoboji. What? No way. Well, I worked there as a counselor for like cool. three years. Very cool. So it was the second year that I was working there that I was placed in, do you guys know the Ides? Okay. So I was a counselor at that camp and they were having a prayer meeting one night and they invited the counselors to come. So that was the first night that I 
saw um, people being prayed for in ways that they're like, I have never told anyone about that Mm. thing that happened in my life. And they were praying through that. And for me to forgive that person that did that to me. And they they wouldn't have known that except if, if it was for the Lord speaking that into them. Was it scary for you or did you feel No, I was like, oh my goodness. I've always thought God was bigger than what I knew. And now he is, you know, and I found out healing was still for today. And I heard tongues for the first time and found out about, you know, that there's a prayer language. And there's so many different facets of God that I discovered that summer that just made me even more hungry very cool that's really fun and so that you were a sophomore in college Mm -hmm. and then during college you made a kind of a switch talk about that the last year I think of college you made a career decision that changed everything well so it started my junior year okay and I was about to go study abroad in South Africa when my mom put a newspaper article on my bed it was and what was your major at that point at that point it was sociology Okay. Yep. Because you just like people. You think people are fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I was a broad major. I honestly didn't know what I was supposed to do with my okay. life. <laughs> Still asking God about that. And this newspaper article was about a guy who had done something called the world race. And I went on his blog and found out it was an 11 month mission trip to 11 different countries. And growing up in the Lutheran church, I actually didn't even know much about missions, but started discovering, oh, wow, like you can actually go to different nations and share the love of Jesus with people there. And that was very intriguing to me. Now, was this after your experience at the camp or before? Mm-hmm. After, mm-hmm. okay. Yep. So Holy so Spirit was moving. It, he was moving, yep. Immediately, the Lord, like, put a... <laughs> a burden, kind of, huh? Yeah, immediately, I just started weeping. Wow. And I didn't know why. I was like, I feel like the Lord is calling me into missions. I feel like he's calling me to the nations. And I don't even know what that means, Mm. but I was excited about it. And I knew I was supposed to do the world race, but I didn't, you know, I didn't know what that looked like. And shortly thereafter, I went to South Africa. I was there for five months. And that's where the Lord revealed that I am supposed to start um, learning video and learning film. And then that would actually be a big part of the ministry that he would have me do. So tell us how that happened. I mean, how did the Lord reveal something like that to someone? So I was doing some work in a slum in Kailicha, which is one of the biggest slums in South Africa, and it's one of the biggest slums in Cape Town. And we were supposed to create a project that would somehow serve the people there. So I decided to, I decided to start an after-school program about teaching them how to make videos. It was a skill that they were excited to learn. Mm. It was how something old were that these kids? they were like high school age, mm. so ninth to twelfth graders. And you know, they thought America, Hollywood, that's so exciting. So I created um, an after school program for them, which the main reason was to create something productive for them to do that would also teach them a skill. Because so often they would get involved in crime, drugs, all that stuff when they went home. And they, you know, they wanted something right. to do. Right. So through that, I came across an organization that was using film to create um, create videos for nonprofits that, um, it, 
these films were, were making an impact. And I don't know how to explain it, but when I was watching what this organization was doing, the Lord said, Alyssa, I want you to create films, but do it for my glory. Mm. And again, it was one of those moments, just like when I heard about the world race, I just started weeping and I just knew like, okay, I am supposed to learn film and I'm supposed to get into this field, but I'm about to be a senior in college. So how in the world is that going to happen? So that was a little confusing to me, but I took one the one class that my college offered in film so that back in the u.s then yes so when i came back my senior year i took the one film class that we had at my school and that just solidified it even more you liked it i loved it yep that's good i loved it you found your passion you found your gifting right right at the end of my college experience so hey it's not too late no No, it wasn't too late and and i thought it was but the lord he he knew and he wanted to open the doors for me to learn film so that's so a whole you dared story. to believe him right <laughs> and you trusted right. him i mean those are all scary things yeah because you think that you have to have everything in order and everything mm-hmm. organized which is not bad yeah. to do that but sometimes god disrupts our organization to insert his yes and it looks totally different it looks totally different and it definitely wasn't a linear path for me it was a very you know, all over squiggly path, but. So then were you able to take one class, you said, in filmmaking, okay, Mm -hmm. and then you graduated. And then I graduated, and then, honestly, I kind of put that dream on the shelf for about a year and a half, because I just didn't know how to get there. I didn't want to go to more school and um, spend money on more, you know, take out loans. So what I ended up doing was seeking out an internship, and Gosh, that's a whole nother story of how the Lord, he told me to get a camera um, that spring. And my friend literally was about to sell his camera for about a quarter of the price of what he bought it for. So I got a camera. A still camera? Um, it was. Camera? It, it did both. It did both. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it was exactly what I needed to start off. And I created a video of a mission trip that we went on about a week after I got my camera. So I literally didn't even know how to use the camera. I was like reading through the manual as I'm on the plane, you know, to Nicaragua where we were doing our mission trip and ended up creating this video. And, you know, I look back at it and it's like, oh man, I did not know what I was doing. But (laughs) the cool thing is, is that the Lord had every single one of these steps ordered because then that summer, was when I applied to an internship at a church that had a big film department. And they said, do you have any work that you could show us? So I was able to show them. As a matter of fact, I do. As a matter of fact, I do. So I had something to show them, which if I hadn't gotten the camera right, you know, at that time, if I hadn't made the, the film at that time, you know, I wouldn't have gotten this internship, which was kind of the beginning of me actually learning. You know, it seems like the Lord kind of took you by the hand. And even though he didn't tell you everything that was going to happen, he led you mm-hmm. by the hand through all these steps. Yep. So you were led, but you didn't know exactly where oh, you were going with it. Right. Exactly. I felt pretty blind throughout the whole yeah, thing. I bet you did. I bet that's actually, that's all sounds pretty scary. Like a lot of what you're saying, not knowing and just saying, okay, I'm going to take this step. It, you sound composed and 
it's hindsight. So it sounds like, yeah, then this happened and this happened. But I know that in those moments, there's a lot of trust and surrender that's going on mm-hmm. and kind of hoping it pans out. Like, you know, it will, like, you know, the Lord's on it, but it's, it's a little scary between those, these moments that we're talking about. Yeah. It was a little humbling to be in this internship with, you know, kids who are just going into college and here I am, <laughs> I've graduated college. I'm supposed to be the one who already has a job. And yet I'm just starting out as, you know, with the college kids, but it was, it was one of those things that was a, a little, little scary, a little bit. It took a lot of trust to be like, mm-hmm. okay, Lord, I'm the oldest one in this program, but I know I'm where I'm supposed to be. So it it did take some trust and some faith in that in that time. But the cool thing was is after about a year and a half serving in that role, the Lord opened the door for me to work there full time, which was you wonderful. know it was wow. wonderful. It it just really blessed me with the um the experience I needed mm-hmm. working full-time on a, on a film team that was brilliant. I mean, these guys, it was a dream, honestly. I learned so much, and it really equipped me to do what the Lord had called me to do. And something I forgot to mention is that right after the Lord called me to missions, he called me to do the world race. Right after that is when he called me to film. And so he said, actually, Alyssa, I want you to learn film before you go on the world race. Mm, So So I knew I had to wait. I knew it was a time Mm. of just cultivating that skill before I was going to be And you know what I think is really cool about your story is it seems to be, well, I know it's the way the Lord works, that as we serve, you you knew your calling, but you were willing to serve. And Mm -hmm. as we serve, you don't always get to serve in exactly what you want, but it leads to where you need to be. Mm-hmm. And so you chose to have a humble heart yeah. to serve these people for as an intern for a year and a half, and then you got to serve as a employee doing such great learning, mm-hmm. you know, but you had a heart to serve and mm-hmm. a humble heart. Yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. Which takes you a long way. It does. Mm-hmm. That, it that opens humility. up doors for you. It's this upside-down kingdom where we go low to be exalted, mm-hmm. where we humble ourselves and he, he lifts us up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is funny. It's an upside down kinging. But you can't like skip that. You can't skip that season of of learning and growing. And yeah, you might not feel like you're doing exactly what the Lord is calling you to do, what your destiny is. But those are such important years. And they really shape you in a lot of ways. Well, and it's easy to get, um, what's the word, impatient because you know where the Lord's going to take you and you want to go directly there, but the road doesn't lead directly there. It's like Joseph. He was had this dream from the Lord of what he was going to be, and it took decades to get there, you know, <laughs> and it was a pretty difficult journey to get there, but he got where the Lord told him he was going to go. Yeah. You yep. Know? So here's something fun is when the Lord finally released me and he was like, okay, it's time to go on the world race. When I started doing the math, on how long it had been since he first called me on the world race till when I actually left, it was exactly seven years. Mm. Like January of 2011 to January of 2018. Wow, that's and very cool. I know, it doesn't seven mean completion mm-hmm. or something like that? It does, yeah. Yeah, so it was, it was that perfect... The completion of a season. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Very cool. So how did you know it was time to go? How did you know you were released? Oh, I just felt it in my spirit. I knew that 
there was, honestly, it was something, I don't know how to explain it. It, it was almost like there was more that the Lord wanted me to start cultivating in my gifts that I needed to step out and, and do something different. Take another risk. I, yeah, I needed to step into that new season. Um, and that meant going to the nations for And so then you actually months. quit your paying job. I did. And you got ready to go <laughs> That's scary to the for nations. a lot of so, people with yeah. right there. So you had a good career path going, and, but you knew that wasn't what the Lord was telling you to do, and you had the courage to Yeah, a lot of people thought I was job. crazy when I quit my job. How'd I mean, it's kind that? of a dream job. How did I? Yeah, how did you handle people thinking you're crazy? I mean, did you have the support of your family at the I time? I had the support of my that's family. Big, okay, so that's big. And it then. didn't it didn't phase me that much because I had known for seven years that I was supposed to do this. So it didn't matter to me as much what, what people thought. Yeah, it didn't matter much. <laughs> I'm like, I know that I know that I know this is my next step. Yeah. So then so did, I just you, went for did it. you head right to the, the race or did you have a season where you're getting ready or? Well, yeah, there was about four months in between when I quit my job to when I left. So that season honestly was a little bit like a little scary financially because I was starting out on my own doing some video stuff for people, beginning some freelance work. And uh, I was still living in Minneapolis. I still had bills to pay, but the Lord was so faithful in that time. And I saw him come through in, in so many ways that, well, I was also in my season of fundraising. So seeing all the money coming in for my fundraising while the Lord was also taking care of my day-to-day needs was just incredible. Mm-hmm. It was like, wow, God, you're so faithful and I really can trust you. Mm. And then you set off on 11 months? 11 months. Tell us about this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. You, they don't, I mean, I, I, I don't know, I know very little about the race. So tell us about this race and what it looks like and how they prepare you and do you have to apply? Yeah. So you have to apply and they send out teams, I think like three different times throughout the year. So I left in January and they send out four or five squads at a time. Each squad has about 30 people on it. And then, really? Yep. a lot of people. Well, actually, that's one of the smaller squads. Mine had 30. Others have closer to 50, which is, imagine that traveling is so with cool. that many people around the oh, world. It's yeah. a lot of logistical work. So yeah. thank you to the people who do that. Um, but it was um, quite the journey. <laughs> so the world race is very open to the things of the spirit. They really embrace living day-to-day reliance on the Holy Spirit. And I did something called the expedition route, which is in the 1040 window mostly. And it also has- Real quick for somebody who doesn't know what the 1040 is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The 1040 window is um, where most of the unreached people groups are clustered. Yeah, longitude and latitude, 10. Yeah, 10 and 40, longitude and latitude. Longitude and latitude. And it's usually a place that's very difficult to share the gospel or to do ministry because there's just not a lot of, of, of churches planted there already. So you had other choices that would have been a little bit probably cushier, not cushier necessarily, but different. Yeah, easier. it would have been a little, quote-unquote, easier, I suppose, 
And the biggest difference is that most routes have ministry hosts that they go to and they work with every single month. So my route was different in that over, I would say about 75% of the countries we went to, we did not have a ministry host. Okay, so most groups, when they go out, they know where they're going to go next. Yeah. And they, ha- they have people to contact. Right. And they, they know what's up. But you guys set out and you did not know... You were going to a country you'd never been to before, mm-hmm. and you didn't know where you were going to stay, and you had no one greeting you or taking care of you when you got there. Exactly. Yeah. So that <laughs> so, was okay. that's I think that's daring to believe. Really that it, fun. <laughs> that, that's it fun. does sound funny. But I also think that the Lord did a really great do- job just prepping you for that in the season leading up to it, because you had a few of those moments along the way. So it's, that makes sense. How did yeah. you decide to do that one? Well, I knew I wanted to do film. And I was actually in contact with their film producer. And he was like, if I could if I could do the race again and I could choose one of the routes, I would do the expedition route. There's going to be a ton of flexibility um, as far as moving around and capturing a lot of amazing things. So that kind of really pushed me toward mm-hmm. doing that sure. route specifically. And I also had a heart for unreached people and cool. kind of wanted to do the hardest route. <laughs> I've always been someone who kind of pushes for the most challenging thing and I like to overcome and mm-hmm. it was it was an easy decision for me after I found out what the expedition route was. And so you're with 30 people did you know any of them before starting this? Not really. I knew one girl from a random encounter I had at a church the summer before. We actually like prophetically prayed over one another and went out and did ministry on the streets together. It was so random but we ended up figuring out oh my gosh you're that girl that I met two summers ago and we had a special connection and actually she is someone who pushed me to grow the most um, on the world race and she's still one of my closest friends so cool yeah otherwise they were all strangers (laughs) wow and you would you consider yourself an introvert or extrovert or well that's an interesting question I I would say I'm a bit of both. I think everyone is a bit of both. I would say I started the world race more of an introvert and became more of an extrovert as the Lord just began to really heal a lot of things inside of me. And, you know, I think I used to withdraw or whatever when I felt overwhelmed by people. And towards the end, I I loved building relationships with people and loved just pressing in for um, community so I'd say I ended I ended the race more of an introvert than I more of an extrovert than I started. That's really cool. So where did you go? Tell us about your route. So we started in Australia. I think that was one of the only ones that wasn't actually in the 1040 window. But it's an interesting country. People think of Australia and they think Hillsong. Everyone's a Christian, but almost no one in Australia is like Christian. Really, um, we encountered so many people from Buddhist to New Age to atheist, it was just a whole mix of things. And that was a really good country to start in because we could actually share our faith in our own language in English. (laughs) That's a huge thing. It was huge. Um, And so we got to get comfortable with approaching people, building relationships, getting to share the gospel, which I hadn't done a lot of, honestly. I hadn't done a lot of evangelizing. So do you have Um, one person leading you through this? Or do you get your assignments? How does that work? Yeah, so... 
Australia, we didn't necessarily have a ministry host. We had a church that we were staying at, but they didn't make our ministry. They basically said... So how do you, how do you know which country you're going to go to? Like, do you get an email? or I mean, how, <laughs> how do they communicate this okay, to you? Okay, so the route is pretty much set from the beginning. It okay. is subject to change. Okay. So we have to be flexible, but we know which country we're heading okay. to next. Okay. So we travel to each country with our squad of 30. Okay. And then usually we would split up into smaller teams of five to six once we got to the country. And so we would do ministry in those teams. And in Australia, it looked like going out with our team and going to the volleyball courts or going to a park and setting up, uh, bringing a guitar and just starting to worship and just see what God does. We also, something that the Lord put on my heart to do is to set out prophetic art. And, you know, it just said, we set a sign that said free art. And oh, people wow. would just come up, they'd the pick a piece. art that you painted. You're quite an artist, too. Thank you, Christy. Yeah. Yeah. And some of them were even just pictures that we had printed out and just set out. And people would come, pick one out, and then we would ask if we could write a message for them on the back. And so oh. it would be a verse, or it would be something that the Lord would give us for that person. And then we'd get a chance to just speak that over them. So, yeah, it was incredible. It led to a lot of amazing conversations. And again, it was all okay, what do you feel like the Lord is putting on your heart to do today? So the next country we went to was Indonesia. And <laughs> Rebecca lived in Indonesia. No way. I did. For That's how exciting. long were you there? About seven months. So just wow. enough to realize, I don't know what I'm doing. Did you learn Bahasa? Yes, yeah, so a little bit. Wow. She learned more than I did. <laughs> I said I do a little bit. Wow. I have a friend I can practice with here, so that helps. That's great. Yeah. yeah, learning the language is huge, but we were moving around so quick that it was hard to really pick up on the language. Sure, enough. one month is not not quite enough time to yeah pick up a language. Right, I would say learn more Bahasa than probably any other language. It is the world's simplest grammatical language, as oh, far as I the ones that are widely that. spoken. Yeah. Okay. So the easiest to get going in. Mm. It gets gets. I get lost very very quickly, but the basics you can get. Get mm-hmm. moving in. Yeah. yeah. And they're very gracious about it too, which really helps. Yeah. You speak a little bit. They're like, oh my goodness, you're fluent. <laughs> treat you super well. Oh. It's not the case in every country you go to. A lot of countries are like, yeah, you did that wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are just so excited when you're speaking yeah, absolutely. any amount of Bahasa. Yeah. For sure. So um, the story I could tell you from Indonesia is we did a faith day. So faith days were fun. We went out literally with nothing not a phone to translate anything we didn't have money we didn't have food and you didn't have a translator no no translator (laughs) so we were like praying lord bring us people who can speak at least a little bit of english um we isn't always that common in that country that's no that's not like you're walking around sweden saying the same thing not at all that's pretty rare very rare to find english speakers so I, we did what we called listening prayer. It's basically just asking the Lord for um, people that we might meet up with, places that he wanted us to go throughout the day, and we went out two by two. So the picture that my friend got was of a fruit stand, and it had like cantaloupe melon. That was like kind of what he saw, and that was not common in Indonesia. No, this is not yeah. the fruit I thought you'd say. <laughs> no, exactly. So we're like, that's strange. Like, we're not going to see that. Um, so we just start walking around some of the neighborhoods, and 
we're kind of sticking out like a sore thumb. I mean, you know, you don't look Indonesian. We don't look. <laughs> we don't look quite Indonesian, and I know that feeling. Yes, <laughs> and you know, we're just right in the middle of it. Um, you know, people doing their laundry and with their little businesses, and uh, after about I'd say twenty minutes of walking around. Sure enough, we see this fruit stand with, with cantaloupe. Oh, that's awesome. And we're like, oh my goodness, here it is. Okay, Lord, what are you going to do? You know, bring us an English speaker or something. And so we just start looking around and we try to make conversation, try to play, play with the little kids that are right there. And my friend Eric starts talking to this guy and he just starts speaking fluent English. Oh, fluent! And we're Thank like, you, Lord. <laughs> That's who are you, and how do you know English? And it turns out that he had lived twenty years in Texas, had studied there, and it, it, and he was also a leader in the neighborhood. So he was kind of one of the elders. Oh, so the Lord sent you right to him. Yeah, isn't that cool? Yeah, <laughs> and we just got to talking to him, had some great conversation. And then at the end, we just asked if he had any pain in his body. And he was saying that his wrist was really hurting. And so we got a chance to pray for his wrist and it got healed. Come on. So that was amazing. And then the Lord, um, he, he ended up saying, hey, we have other people who need healing in our neighborhood. Like, would you be willing to like come to these different houses and and, uh, pray for people. And he's like, oh, but you can't do today because we have to get permission from our other neighborhood leaders or something like that. There's like a hierarchy. Yeah. And so we couldn't do it that day. Um, And it ended up being kind of close to our time when we had to leave Indonesia. So we actually didn't get a chance to go back. But the really cool thing is, is that my friend Eric is actually going back there to do long-term missions. And so that, that relationship may still mm-hmm. um, be open and the Lord might still do something there. So that was really exciting, even just to see an open door and to see that, wow, the Lord, we just were going off of, you know, a picture of cantaloupe that we thought we would never see. And the Lord led us exactly to And that we might discount because it's like, oh, that's a silly little picture. But it's not. You yeah. pay attention. When you ask the Lord, he tells you something. Right. And we are receptacles of his voice. Mm-hmm. Everything he created in us can hear him. Mm-hmm. You know? So yep. a picture that you see like that speaks yeah. a lot. Yep. Or, you know, yeah. in a sensation in your hands might tell you it's time to heal somebody pray for healing yeah. or yeah you know, there's just so many ways well the Lord on speaks. that note another way the lord speaks is through the testimony the revelation 1911 says 1910 says that the revelation of jesus is this the testimony of jesus <laughs> is, is the spirit of prophecy thanks christy helping me out here uh, so when we we share a testimony it's actually prophesying what will happen what god's done before he will do again and i'm actually feeling the prophetic swirling a lot right now as you're as you've been sharing Alyssa, about different things and we'll have you keep going here i just want to interject a little sidebar that for our listeners you're you're in places where you're wondering about your destiny and, and where to go. And, and actually, Alyssa's story right now, her testimony is prophesying to you what the Lord wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, he is speaking to you. He, you, you know his voice. There is a knowing. Alyssa mentioned it a few times. You just know, like, trust that. Um, and being willing to take the, the small step in front of you, even if it looks counterproductive 
or often contrary to what the world says is the right thing that that's actually the lord opening doors to your destiny and i see that really clearly i'm like <laughs> i'm feeling it in my head but would you pray real quick for for people with wrist pain as you're you're yeah, just shared a story absolutely. of someone getting healed of wrist pain and i just feel like the lord wants to heal wrists amen amen <laughs> yeah lord i just ask that um pain would just go right now from anyone who has wrist pain that it would be healed that full restoration full mobility would be restored right now in jesus name thank you for full and complete healing you are good you are so good god amen amen thank you amen <laughs> yeah. can't wait to hear about the Me wrist too. that are going to I'm curious about your group of 30. How many men and how many women were on your group? How was that divided up? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, there weren't as many men as there were women. Um, there was about six men and do the math. 24 women. Yep. <laughs> wow. And did you find traveling in countries like you were in that, that it was intimidating at all being female? How did, how did that feel to you? Yeah, I think it, it was, depending on the country, yeah. for okay. sure. And yeah. how did you handle that? Um, well, we definitely had to travel in groups. So um, if we had a, just a team of women, we traveled with a larger group. Yeah. If, if, it, yep. if we had men in our group, then it could be a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. But Just realistic. It's just yeah. real life. It is, mm-hmm. yeah. And so it's okay. Three girls equals one guy yeah. when you're traveling. Yeah. Yeah. Two isn't enough. You actually need a little bit larger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's just the way the world is. Mm-hmm. So after Indonesia, where did you go? Yeah, the next country was Sri Lanka, which was actually one of my favorite months out of the entire race because of what God did. And most people, it was like their most hated country. <laughs> it was so hot. It was so hot. It was like walking into a sauna times three oh, when really? you went outside. It was just immediate. Yeah, just like, with <laughs> developing world sewer and garbage and all that goes with uh, the developing world. So you take that heat, multiply it with a whole lot of dust and garbage and mm-hmm. other things, and then you've got and you've got the equator in the developing world. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. But honestly, I loved it. I... I loved it because, first of all, it was one of those countries where we didn't have a host. We were actually just sent out to a city that, um, how they did it was they, our leaders had five cities listed, and we wrote down two cities on a piece of paper, whatever we felt called to, wherever we felt called to go, and then that's how they divided up the teams for the, for the next, like, two months. And did you have, like, your phone so you could google things or how did you did you did you could you text each other how did that work oh communication yeah Yeah. um we we did have but i mean we only had wi-fi communication so (laughs) we had to just be really good at so did you get a sim card when you got to a country and it was you use the phone it was usually sim cards but honestly they they want they didn't want us to get sim cards because they wanted us to be off our phones, yeah. yeah, yeah, engaged in what we were doing, and um, our leaders had SIM cards and phones, and okay. so we were always safe, but we weren't always connected necessarily. That's probably yeah. good, yeah, that's yeah. cool. So what did the Lord do in Sri Lanka? Yeah, so we were split up into teams based on what what city we had written down, and we knew nothing about these cities. They were all just random names on a piece of paper, 
And so the city I got sent to was Jaffna, Sri Lanka, and it was on the northern coast. So my team and I, we got to travel all the way up the coast on a train, which was amazing. And we we didn't even know where we were going to stay when we got there. <laughs> it was one of those things where um, we were just planning to try to find a hotel or a hostel once we got there and just figure it out, which we did. Um, <laughs> you always do. It stresses people out, but like, it, you do. So was there ever a time when you didn't find a place? Um, there were a couple close calls, but we always found a place. Yeah, always found a place. So after you got off the train, you had to find a place, and then yep. what happened? So we actually... It was a really random connection, but some American missionaries had said, had, had just gone to a co- pastor's conference and they had met a pastor from Jaffna. So we ended up meeting with this pastor the next day and he ended up finding us some long-term housing that was within budget because um, where we were staying was out, out of budget, which, you know, we need, we need to honor those, those guidelines. And um, that was an amazing connection for us, and and it had AC. Praise the Lord! <laughs> That's huge. Praise. It was so huge. I feel you. I feel you there. Right. Um, so the really amazing thing that happened while we were there, again, it, every single morning we would ask the Lord, "Okay, Lord, where do you want us to go today? Who do you have for us to meet?" And one of those days, we, a friend and I, got a picture of a park. It was called Old Park. And we walked to this park and we're just, you know, circling around and we saw two girls sitting on a bench. They're like, oh, we'll just walk by. And so we approached them and they asked us for selfies. (laughs) And we're like, oh, they know some English. This is great. Found out they were college students. So they had a decent amount of English. And from there, we found out that they actually knew of Christianity and we're like, Oh, how, what, what, you know, how do you, how do you know of Christian? I think they had asked us if we were Christians or something. Huh. Mm-hmm. And we were like, yeah, we are. How do you know about Christianity? And she said that her aunt who lives in Germany had been sending her Bible verses. Oh. And I think she had actually sent her a Bible in her own language that she had been reading through. Wow. It was like, what? Lord, it was one of those like divine things. A needle in a haystack. Yeah, like the Lord had already been planting seeds in this girl's heart. And we asked her, okay, so like, what have you read? What do you understand? And she's like, well, I read the Bible, but I don't understand anything that I read. That sounds like it's right out of the book of Acts. It does. (laughs) I love it. Right. So we sit down with her like at this park and we open up our Bibles and just start actually it's the week before easter so we asked her if she knows the resurrection story and she said no so we told her the resurrection story we read it out oh, of john come on. that's awesome yeah and we we kind of started figuring out that we didn't think she had actually read the gospels yet um so it be kind of hard yeah, to start in the old testament kind of confusing well that's what we found out the next time we met up with her she had actually faithfully started reading from Genesis. She had written a little cross on the top of each page that she had read. And so we looked through and we're like, oh my gosh, she's read from Genesis to Job. 
Bless her. Bless her. her. I know. I was like, you are amazing. This isn't even like your native tongue. Or actually it was, I guess. The Bible, the Bible she was reading was her native tongue. But it was probably words that, I mean, how do you translate that into, you know, these, all these from Hebrew into Sri Lankan Tamil language. And um, I'm sure it was not easy to read. So the fact that she had gotten that far was just amazing to me. And so from there, we were able to direct her to the Gospels and to start explaining the story of Jesus, which she had never really heard the full story. And she didn't really understand sin and salvation and all of just even the, the major pieces of Christianity. And she was just so open and so ready to receive it. And after meeting up with her, I think three or four times, she was like, yeah, I, I want this. I want to live for Jesus. And the funny thing is, is the first day we saw her that day, she asked us for a selfie. She'd invited us to the beach and we said, yeah, we want to go to the beach with you. And so she was going, um, she was going like in a week. And so it just ended up that we were able to meet up with her many times before that day came and then we were able to go to the beach with her and actually baptize her wow that Come on, day that so is cool. so cool yeah and that- then the next the very next day was easter oh, so oh she, yeah she came with us too can- and easter wow it was one of your favorite it was just stops. full circle yeah you know? how much of that did you get on video quite a bit of it yeah i got her getting baptized and that yeah. is so cool. Yeah, it was amazing. It was one of those, like, I couldn't have planned this no. type of things. God is. So he leads you to the someone who, probably her aunt, I'm sure, was praying for her, sent her a Bible. Yes. So isn't that an answer to prayer for her aunt as well? I love how the Lord works. It doesn't take just one person. It takes whoever's led to a person. And prayer makes mm-hmm. a difference. And trust those unsaved loved ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah to pray for them and yeah. thank the Lord for the people who are going to come mm-hmm. and are going to witness to them like you did to her mm-hmm. and at just the right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's so beautiful. That's such a good point, Christy, because it's not just a random encounter. I really believe that woman was set up mm-hmm. by the prayers of, of her aunt or mm-hmm. whoever was praying for her. Just being, that, that sets us up. It sets that your loved ones up, sets your friends up. So be faithful. Yeah. Like, again, let that prophesy over, over your life to the listeners, to those who are in your life that, that don't know the Lord yet or who just need an encounter, need a fresh touch, be praying for them and then watch as God does something awesome, like bring people from across the world to randomly right. walk by them and take the time to explain it to them. That is beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Yeah, I know her aunt was ecstatic to hear. I'm sure. Yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Well, so then that was only your second country? That was the third, third one. Third country. How many countries did you go to? We did a... Well, 11. technically like 14 that we, we traveled through three extra countries, but 11, we were in 11 for about a month. I think we might have to have her back to tell us <laughs> yeah, we might countries. have to. That's, there's, this there's is awesome. too many stories. But. This is beautiful though. Mm-hmm. And so you've been back for how long? And now I've been back for about seven months. Okay. Yep. So tell us about re-entering. I, I mean, we're, we are going to ask you back to tell us about more of your, your story, but... I don't know that we have time to go into too many countries, but I want to hear yeah. about coming back. You heard most of the good stories already. Uh, so coming back after you've been out of the United States for basically a year, um, what's it like coming back? And not just out of the U.S., 
in an environment where you're with people that are willing to risk everything for Jesus. I actually think that might be the harder transition than the the being outside of the U.S., mm-hmm. being in that culture that you carried with with you, with right. others who are, mm-hmm. like, will put out. everything on the line for Jesus. Mm-hmm. So can right. you speak to both of those? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know a lot of my squad mates have struggled a lot with reentry, um, just not having that community, like you said, coming coming back. And um, yeah, we transitioned back into churches, but some of them don't have that culture, that same mm-hmm. community. And I know that's been really hard for them. Luckily, I was able to find a church that actually carried a very similar culture. And they even had, uh, there's a group called the Streets Community. I was able to literally go out on the street with a group of people right when I got back and just continue to that's share the love of Jesus. Now. This is part yeah. of right, what you right. do. Yeah. It was, and, and, and everyday life, right? You can continue yeah. to live that way. Yeah, you don't have to have a big organized event you can just do this mm-hmm. you can just get some friends and go out and exactly talk to people. and luckily i did ha- i do have some of those types of friends they can be hard to find but mm-hmm. um i do have friends like that and that just made honestly it made reentry pretty easy um other times that i've been abroad and come back it's been way harder but i think the community made all the difference mm. but you came back and you didn't have a job no i didn't um I was really feeling like the Lord wanted me to start my film business back up, but I had I had just called Noble Tree Noble Tree Films Noble Tree Films N O B L E Noble Tree Films We'll link it in the show notes too. Oh great, thanks guys. Yeah, so I came back and I I didn't have much of anything. I mean, I had spent I had invested a lot in the film equipment that I took on the race. And so I knew I was supposed to move back to Minneapolis, but... Yay, thank you, God. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't exactly know where the provision was going to come from. And I had had something up on Craigslist for a while, just like a piece of film equipment that I wanted to sell. And I had gotten zero interest. It had been up for like three weeks and no, not a peep from anyone about it. And then I had had my car like packed up I'm like Lord I know you want me to move to Minneapolis so and where I was, were you before that where did I was just living um back at home and where's that Chaska okay yeah okay yeah. so you're in the suburbs yeah and in you're the ready suburbs. to move back into the city right yep be closer to my community mm-hmm. which I knew is what what needed to happen so yeah I I was you know getting everything ready packing up and then literally the day the day before I moved, um, someone reached out about this thing I had on sale for Craigslist, on Craigslist, and he's like, I'll give you this much cash, like, tomorrow, if you want to sell it to me, and I was like, that sounds kind of sketchy, like, I have to make sure you're a real person, and that, <laughs> you know, everything's kosher, so um, did a little bit of research, found out, yeah, he, he wants it for um, a business that he has, and so... I literally have my car all packed up, like you can't even see out the back window. And I drive up to our meeting spot, give him the piece, you know, give him the film equipment. He hands me the cash, and I drive to my new place in Minneapolis, and I'm able to pay my landlord right, right then and so there. So he gave you enough for rent. He gave me exactly what I needed when wow. I needed it. So it was just one of those things, like Lord, I, I couldn't have. I couldn't have done this without you and your timing was so perfect you knew if I would have sold it beforehand I probably you know would have had to use that money somewhere else but he 
he had it all planned out. That's awesome. And then you're going to be living here in Minneapolis until the end of this summer. Yeah. And then you're going to live in Spain. Yes. So that's a whole new chapter of my journey. So I've been just building my film business here and just growing my skill set a ton, which has been a whole adventure in itself, Um, taking on projects that literally I different skill sets such as like motion graphic animation that I've been wanting to get into that I didn't even know what how to do it and the Lord said I want you to do this project and learn as you go and that's so not me I am so someone who I need to know how it all works before I do it and I'm you know I grew up very much a perfectionist and need to have all my ducks in a row and the Lord was like actually I don't, you need to just take the step of faith, really, and trust that I'm going to teach you along the way. So, um, yeah, one particular project with motion graphic animation, I took that leap of faith and um, just spent about two months investing and learning and growing in that, and the client was super happy with the project, so I was just like, wow, God, thank you so much for backing me up and expanding my skill set in that way. And so now I knew that was another piece that kind of needed to happen before um, I took this next step, which is called G42 Leadership Academy. And that's going to be something that the Lord uses to really help equip me um, with some of the uh, mentorship and discipleship that I need. They have... uh, it's a it's it's a lot of spiritual like deep spiritual teaching but also a lot of very practical hey if you want to start a ministry start a business we're going to connect you with the people that can actually help you do that so i'm i'm really excited about this this next season that the lord is leading me into and it's only two months away now so (laughs) it's happening fast yeah and you're you're still going to be able to keep clients because a lot of it's on the internet, right? A lot of it is virtual. Mm -hmm. That is really interesting how the Lord's done this with you. Right. And so again, your heart is to build films, create films that build the kingdom. Mm -hmm. So supporting what you see going on and pouring into that so that it can grow, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. That's just so cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really passionate about that. Yeah. So if someone wanted to contact you about finding out what you do, how would they find find you? Um, well, they could go to nobletreefilms.com, mm-hmm. and that's where I have my film business stuff. So that would probably be the best way. Yeah. So nobletreefilms.com with an N, N-O-B-L-E, nobletreefilms.com. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we've been talking with Alyssa Gamelgard, and this is really exciting. You have definitely dared to believe God over and over again, and you're doing it again in September, and we're excited to see what God does with you. How long are you going to be in Spain? I'm going to be in Spain for nine months. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Very cool. Yeah, and something I see, Alyssa, is just how for each step that the Lord has, he, he matches himself but then it's actually on you to to put your emotions in a place of rest that he's going to come through like you've seen him come through over and over and over again so now it's it's actually illegal to get stressed out by the same things that used to stress us out when we've seen him come through in that department and i really see that super strongly in you that you that you actually you, you might feel a little bit of the tension of like get coming down to the wire i'm not quite sure how this is going to work out what's going to happen but 
that you walk in a lot of peace when it comes to this this lifestyle of following the voice of the Lord. So I'd love for you to pray for our listeners for for that kind of that upgrade in their emotional strength, if that makes sense, or emotional capacity to, to follow through on what the Lord's doing. And also anything else that you just want to release to the people we'd love to have, have you do. Okay. And yeah. to trust in the Lord when yeah. it doesn't really always make logical sense, but if you have peace about it, mm-hmm. you know, just to trust. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. Um, Heavenly Father, I just ask that you would encourage every single person who's listening, Lord, that um, whatever it is that you're calling them into, Lord, whatever season it is, however scary or um, how much of a leap of faith it might seem like, Lord, that you would you would just give them a peace that surpasses understanding, um, just as you've given me, Lord, um, just a knowing that even though I don't see the next step, even though I don't see what the result is going to be, that that they would have just a strength in knowing that you will come through and that you will be faithful and that you can be trusted. And um, the verse comes to mind where it says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And I do pray that that, that perfect peace, that ability to just keep their minds um, steadfast on you, even, yeah, even when the world might think they're crazy, that you would just give them that strength and give them that peace. And, um, yeah, Lord, I just, I thank you for all that you've done in my life and the inner strength you've given me, um, in those times of not seeing the, the outcome And I pray that for everyone listening, Jesus, that you would just give them a peace that surpasses understanding God and that there would just be a knowing of what's next and that they, even though, you know, I just see it almost like a lamp that someone's holding and it's dark um, and they, they can only see the one step ahead of them, but, but you're illuminating that step. And I pray Jesus that, that they would have the trust to just take one step at a time. And as, as they move the one step forward, they'd be able to take that next step forward as you illuminate the next place that they're supposed to go. Um, so I just, I thank you for that. And I thank you for your goodness. And I thank you for your faithfulness in um, leading and guiding every single step of our lives. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Alyssa. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Dare to Believe podcast. We are grateful for you, our listeners. You can find out more about us at our website, daretobelieve.info. That's dare, the number two, believe.info. Also, to make sure you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes, subscribe to us on Apple iTunes or however you listen to your podcasts. And go ahead and leave a five-star rating while you're at it. Thank you, guys.